Welcome to another episode of Let's Chat With. Joining me is graphics artist David Lee Connolly. David, how are you today? Hi, I'm really well, man. How about yourself? I'm good. As good. I said before, I'm... you're a graphics artist. For those who don't know, what is a graphics artist? Well, it's funny. Graphics artist was kind of a catch-all title that I chose for myself. And so I'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit, but I run my own artist small business and uh, I do a lot of different graphics work, including still graphics, illustration, graphic design, motion graphic. And so I figured that was kind of the best way to encompass all the different disciplines and skill sets that I've kind of gained over the years and been fortunate enough to develop over time. So um, that's the the short of it, I guess. How does one become a graphics artist? I think the best way for me to answer that question is to probably just tell you how I did it and then people can extrapolate their own paths from there. And so it really, actually, I started off as a photographer um, back in high school. I was part of our newspaper club organization, whatever you want to call it. And I was, uh, as a lot of high school kids are kind of directionless, um, but I, I was really good friends with the photography editor on our newspaper team and um, started going out on shoots for them, mainly actually for sports photography, if you can believe it. And then, of course, the thing that comes after taking the photos is, is editing them. And so that was my first foray into Photoshop was through photo editing. Um, this is before Lightroom was had really taken off and um, Photoshop was still kind of the, the premium tool to use for photo editing. And so I started using it just for basic color correction, lighting, etc. But of course, I'd seen some friends of mine who had been doing a little more cool things with it, making um, funny photos, memes, all that stuff back in high school. And I thought it'd be fun for me to learn how to do that as well. And so I, I moved slowly from photo editing to photo, you know, cutting, cropping, etc. You know, dumb things high schoolers do, like put someone else's head on someone else's body, like Photoshop <laughs> things in photos that shouldn't be there, right? And so my, my joy was trying to make it look as realistic as possible, right? And and through that, I learned a lot about just general design principles, how to make things fit in, how to make things flow and mesh. And after I had kind of met that to its logical end, I went into more of creating things from scratch. And so instead of using photos as a base, I just started from zero. And uh, throughout high school and throughout college, that was kind of my side hobby was I would make t-shirts for my friends. I would make posters for clubs that I was in in college. And I majored in computer science. And so I wasn't really doing any design work in my schooling. And so I decided, you know, this was my way to after school was done to have some fun, right? In addition, of course, to like video games and all that. And over time, as I did that more professionally in, in my work and as it kind of blended into my professional life, I think that's where it really started to evolve into what you see now, where I do a whole bunch of different disciplines. I think um, if I had to give one thing that really helped me along the way was just having a curious brain for a lot of this stuff. I looked at a lot of really cool things. I got really fascinated by um, movies, animation, and then down to even advertisements. And, and I was like, how do I make that? How do I do things like that? How would I be as cool as these people? And that kind of led me down a whole bunch of different rabbit holes on YouTube and Skillshare and all those things. And over time, I just kind of accumulated a lot. And of course, had a lot of experience doing. And here we are. That's, that's kind of the rest of the owl ex explanation, but that's at least how I started. And then from there, people can, you know, explore how they want. You create non-typical travel adventure posters. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I really, really love advertisement-based illustrations and, and especially for environment work. I've always been, again, my basis in photography led me to a lot of really cool sites and scenery. And so that's always been my joy. I've also <laughs> not so secretly had trouble drawing characters for most of my life, right? It's always been like things that are kind of naturally chaotic, like environments. And I also grew up in Southern California and Disneyland is, is right there. And so in Disneyland, when you walk in, for those of you who don't know, there's lots of like posters for the attractions within the park that are really stylized and look super cool. And 
I always liked looking at those before I went in. And so I've always had this kind of affinity towards destination posters, travel posters, et cetera, especially with my graphic design background. And so I really thought it'd be cool. And this is not a novel idea, but um, when I thought it was at the time, I thought it'd be cool to make travel posters for fantasy locations because huge gamer, huge anime guy, huge just geek nerd growing up. And so instead of the real life places, which I still love, right? I thought it'd be funny and really cool actually to, to dive into the fantasy worlds through a design lens and through an artistic lens, right? Because people have spent so much time and care crafting these really beautiful worlds and games, movies, et cetera. I thought it'd be cool to represent them in a way that would make people want to go there either for the first time or again. Um, and that's where the idea came from. And here we are. What are some of the locations? I started off with stuff that I knew really well and stuff that I really, really kind of had a strong affinity towards when I was playing growing up and even at the current time. So my first ever travel poster that I ever made was for The Lost Woods from the Legend of Zelda series. It was kind of an amalgamation. I just finished Breath of the Wild at that point, right? And it kind of played through that all. And so I, I wanted to make it kind of similar to that but um as you'll find with a lot of my work i my work i try to have my work be inspired by rather than obviously carbon copies of the locations within the games and movies and so lost woods is one of those where it's kind of an amalgamation of different zelda games and um, combining them into my own aesthetic but from there i went on to some of my other favorites like kingdom hearts i have like hollow bastion twilight town uh, destiny islands to name them i have stuff from star wars like tatooine coruscant naboo mm-hmm. i have things from now from arcane from hollow knight from uh what are some other ones from uh god of war things along those lines and oh like avatar last airbender and so uh lots of a variety i think but a lot of things i think when people approach me at cons and on etsy they they, they love the nostalgia that a lot of these places bring i think it's, it takes a while for a lot of these locations to really sink in as being visitable i guess for lack of a better way mm-hmm. of putting it i really love that you know a lot of my posters reference older and kind of more beloved in the general zeitgeist games and it kind of brings people back in a lot of ways and there's a lot of really nice and strong and positive reactions to locations i've chosen and so it brings me a lot of joy also you create isometric posters what are Hmm. they yeah so the isometric posters it's interesting those were um when i started getting a little bored as as artists do of doing kind of a similar style over and over again i i I did a little experiment with isometric based work and isometric based work i did it's hard to describe I've tried to describe it to people, but it's almost like a 2.5D perspective where you're looking at it from like a, if you imagine like a cube, you're looking at, if this is like the top of the cube, right? You're looking at it from this angle here. So regularly you look at here and it's kind of tilted. And I like isometric because it, it kind of gives you a unique, almost top-down view of certain of certain places. And so I thought it'd be cool in a vein similar to my travel posters, right? To take things from an isometric perspective and just a little snapshot of a level, a moment in the movie, a moment in the game, et cetera, that I thought was really cool and just almost have it people call it like my snow globe collection which is hilarious it's almost like you're looking at a snow globe and like for example i made one for bob on battlefield from super mario 64 and it was fun to within the constraints of that perspective just recreate that world in almost like a diorama type of style and i haven't done a lot of isometric stuff recently but i it really do i want to go back to it at some point especially with all i've learned over the last four or five years since i've made my last one i think it'd be really fun what's your most popular poster design it's Rapture by far. Um, Rapture, there's a funny story behind this. Um, before I started um, selling my work back in 2019, my first event was WonderCon in Southern California, which is like the sister mm-hmm. event to San Diego Comic-Con, much smaller, but still a really fun event. And in like the three or four cons I did before COVID hit, 
I had gotten so many requests for Rapture, um, which is from Bioshock, the video game. I had missed that entire generation of video games because that was right around when I was in late high school, early college, and really through college. And for better and for worse, I didn't want to get stuck on my game console while I was trying to study and trying to do like well in school. And so I kind of had written off at least console games for a while. And so I missed I missed Bioshock and all those things. Uh, I don't want to say thankfully because that's <laughs> dismissive, but when COVID hit, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of time opened up for me, right? Because, you know, I wasn't going into the office anymore. I was, you know, at home. I played a lot of sports, couldn't do those anymore, right? And so that allowed me free time to start playing a lot more games again, which was exciting. And so, of course, I had to see what all the um, the, the kerfuffle was about, about Bioshock. And so I played through the whole series in the span of about a month, probably, because, again, t- tons of time. And I got it immediately. I was like, oh, I understand. <laughs> I see why people want to see Rapture in this style because this is my, the destination style matches so well with Rapture's overall aesthetic. And so in COVID, I created it. And um, when I came back to shows back in late 2021, that was it just took way off. And that was and still remains my most popular work. And it's not particularly close. So I've gotten there with I have Rainbow Road now, which is, again, like such a wide audience that it, it kind of does well at all the events. Um, my avatar pieces were doing really well for a while especially in covid when people were re-watching that series again but still to this day haven't beat rapture yet we'll see if i do but for now that is uh, my, my, my top seller and my most popular work on your website it says you ship your artwork internationally where are some of the places that you've sent your work to um so if you order actually through etsy i pretty much send it anywhere etsy is great because they kind of do most of the like work for you in terms of customs and all the information there um i am not sure if i've restricted any locations to send to internationally so if you want something feel free to go on etsy and grab it um um, my website, because it's a little more manual labor, I think I've maybe restricted it to the UK and Canada. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I have to go check that again. But most of my traffic comes through Etsy anyway. So if you want to grab something there, especially if you're an international audience, feel free to go for it in Canada, right? I'm sure that's a that's a, a main spot as well, as well as the UK. So you had a booth at the, at the Artist Alley at Fan Expo 2023 in Toronto, Canada. What was your experience like? So I love Toronto as a city first and foremost. Of course, I'm, I'm saying that from a, a tourist perspective. And I know it's, it's weird for people from locals to be like, why do you want to come here? Right. Because I'm like that with L.A. People are like, I love L.A. I want to go to L.A. I'm like, why? Why would you want to come here? But, you know, it's touristy. But I digress. Um, I love Toronto. I love being there. I love visiting there. And, and I, I've had such a good experience with the people that come to Fantasy Canada. Um, and, and I think people, everyone is so polite. And this is true across most, if not all shows. But I think particularly in Canada, I know the reputation is just politeness. And it, it really, I think it comes off in such a strong way. And traveling internationally, especially for commercial stuff can be challenging, especially when you're on your own as a small business, right? But never have I felt like the reward wasn't worth it in terms, of course, of profits, right? But also in just the, the people that I meet, like you, right? Like the, some of the other artists that I've met there um, that I would not have been able to meet in domestic United States shows, right? Because they tend to stay local. And just the sheer amount of people that show up at Fantasco Canada is kind of absurd, right? Because in the United States, we have San Diego Comic-Con, we have New York Comic-Con, MegaCon, et cetera. But Fantasco Canada, I think, is one of the largest shows in Canada. Am I correct in that? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it is. So, yeah, so I it, it is always a joy to come and just the overwhelming amount of support that I get from people, the amount of people, especially this year, because this, this was only my second time doing the show with last year being my first, and the amount of people that came back, right? That'd be like, oh my gosh, like I saw your work last year, and I wanted to make 
make sure I got some more this time. Or even folks that had seen me on like Sunday last year, for example, where I had sold out of most of my pieces and they came back for like, I wanted to make sure I came to you this time early before you sold out of stuff. I think as an artist, right, there's nothing quite like that, right? Because especially because art is so subjective and you never really know who your audience is or there's a lot of self-doubt that comes into art artistry, right? There's a lot of, you know, questioning and whether or not it's worth it, whether or not your talent is there up to the level it needs to be. But I think cons and especially at Fantasy Book Canada are a really nice reminder that, you know, no matter what level you are, your work is valued by somebody. And, you know, if you're lucky, it's valued by quite a lot of people. And if you're lucky, even still, even more so, it's enough to support you financially. And I think that's really, really a blessing for me. Very, very fortunate to go. And I'm excited to be there next year, maybe in a bigger booth. And we'll see if they let me. What were some of the artist reactions to your work? Uh, you know, it's that's always a joy, too. I, I think it's a um, different level of uh, almost the word of the graciousness that I have for that right because um i think people that are in the trenches right like in, in your peers um their compliments and their feedback really means a lot to me right especially as someone who's entirely self-taught i didn't go to art school i really haven't had a community um of people to learn from and be around until very recently when it comes to my art and so got a really a lot of really strong positive reactions to my work from other artists right and then of course um there are folks at these events that i really look up to in the way that i'm sure others look up to me you know which is weird to say um but to to go feel find people like um like chasing artwork for example is a really popular artist in the um toronto region and i adore his work right and to be able to go to him and i last year i purchased his art book and i've used it him as a lot of inspiration for my own pieces this past year and to kind of learn and grow and to be able to see him again this year with better work and to be like you inspired a lot of this to you know your xyz your clouds helped me to make these clouds better etc was really cool and really gratifying and so it goes both ways right it's really nice to hear people's positive reactions to my work but also to get to show people how they've influenced me i think is really really nice as well it's a uh, that's one thing about conventions right i think the the positivity is almost so overwhelming that it's uh it's hard not to come out of that those events feeling inspired and ready to create again and so beyond just the financial benefit it's just nice to be around people that are like you and that are working towards the same goals as you will you be coming back in 2024 yes yes absolutely i rebooked my space um pretty early <laughs> on, uh, I think it was on Friday that I rebooked um, for next year's show. Um, I'm hoping to upgrade. I know the show is super popular and there's lots of really, really deserving people who are getting the end cap boost or even like double boost, for example, but um, would love to expand and continue to expand at this show, right? And uh, um, as long as it continues to to, um, to be as positive as it has been these last two years, then can't see myself stopping anytime soon. So if you're listening and you're going to be there, look forward to seeing me in about a year from now, because I'll look forward to seeing you. Where do you see yourself and your artwork in five years? Oh, that's a great question. So I, um, I hope this isn't too long of an answer. I, uh, at work, at, I used to work at the university I graduated at in, in California, the University of California, Irvine, did a lot of motion graphics work for them. And actually I was with them for eight years before I finally left um, this past April, right? So right now um, I am full-time in the convention scene, selling artwork as well on Etsy and then freelance gigs, obviously, that I have on the side. And so my goal over the next five years or so is to keep doing this, obviously, to grow and expand and to keep on getting into more and more um, prominent shows like San Diego, New York, for example, are two big ones for me here in the States. To just keep on, I guess, getting my name out there. I would love to establish a good like freelance client base and, and to keep on creating more locations and things that just keep on getting better and better as I have over these past five years. And if I can continue at the rate that I've been going right? Then my ultimate goal is to have enough freelance clients that I don't really have to search too much for work. People can 
come to me and I'll be kind of a name that people want to work with. And um, when eventually, I, you know, I, I can't go to shows anymore for family, for, you know, for marriage, things along those lines that uh, I can still work right from here at this desk, right? And, and still create and still do the things that I love while, you know, not having to travel so often. And then once the initial, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The initial challenges and I guess in, in logistics of taking care of a kid kind of settle down and they're able to take care of themselves and maybe I'll jump back in the scene again. I don't want to stop going to shows entirely like for all the reasons I mentioned before, right? But um, if I can at least get a freelance stopgap while things get crazy, um, then I can come back to this and revisit this further down the line. Um, but at least for, for now and for now until that five-year goal, like you mentioned, um, keep trucking along. I don't know much else. And um, I'm still figuring out I'm five months into my full time into the small business, right? Finally, where can people find more information about you and your artwork? Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads, Facebook, website? Almost all of the above. So I'm mainly on Instagram. That's kind of my main portal for social media. God bless it. I've been trying to get into TikTok and Twitter. I'm not very good at social media. I'm working on getting better. Um, but so I do have an X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it account. I have a TikTok account. Um, but Instagram is my main source of social media, like I said. And then my online storefronts, you can go to free-dlc.com as well as my Etsy store, which is just free DLC on Etsy. Um, and that's where you can purchase my work. And if you don't want to buy it online, you can see me in person at a lot of shows across the country, but I try to announce where I'm going to be on Instagram. So if you're local to one of the shows, you find me on Instagram, then stop through. I always love, I mean, I meet a whole bunch of people. So it's just a great way to keep me in the social and keep my battery high when it comes to this stuff. So it's always great to meet people who've either seen my work or seeing it for the first time. So please stop by. I would love to talk. To you. Thank you, David, for being on this episode of Let's Chat With. Of course. Thanks for having me.